Strong Towns podcast. Our guest today, whom I'll bring on in just a moment, is Nitin Gadia. He created a fantastic mapping tool that examines whether property tax revenue is covering the cost of street maintenance for every property in his hometown of Ames, Iowa. Now, before we get started, I want to encourage you to visit our website where you'll find this map. Just go to strongtowns.org podcast, and you'll see a link to this post about Nitin Gadia. If you can view it on a desktop or laptop computer versus a phone, that's ideal because this map really gets into the details. You can mouse over every property in the city and see what percentage of its street maintenance costs are covered by property tax. And spoiler alert, most of these are in the red. Actually, the whole map is organized by color, and uh, you'll see that a lot of it is in the red. Um, a lot of the properties are not really covering their maintenance costs. Next week, we'll share more on our website about how Nitin created this map and also how you can go about making one for your own city. We'll get right to the podcast now. Take a look at that map when you have a chance. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Strong Towns podcast. This is Rachel Quedno, communication specialist for Strong Towns. And I have on the line our guest, Nitin Gadia, who created a really cool mapping tool and um, sent it our way a couple weeks ago. So we thought we'd bring him on here to talk about it, and we'll be sharing it on our website this week. First of all, can you just tell me a little bit about your background, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, Some people uh, occasionally ask me what my background is, I guess. Um, I I don't really know how to answer that. Um, uh, I'm Um, self-taught. I work with an organization called Map Story. Um, which is uh, it's like a Wikipedia for mapping. That's kind of how I put it. Um, we just do a lot of... Um, I, I kind of develop content for the website, and uh, this is uh, an example of something that I developed. Cool. Um, and you live in Ames, Iowa, right? Yeah, primarily. Uh-huh. Can you walk me through this map? And like I said, we'll post it on the website so everyone can view it, but this is an analysis of property taxes and costs of streets in Ames, Iowa. Um, and yes. it kind of compares, you You asked the question here, are your taxes paying for the cost of your street? And unsurprisingly for our Strong Towns audience, uh, most taxes are not paying for the cost of most streets. Um, how did you create this map and how did you get the idea for it? Uh, I got the idea from you guys, <laughs> uh, partly. Awesome. Um, Actually, I was at a mapping conference and somebody told me about Strong Towns, um, somebody in Portland. Um, uh, I was at a mapping conference there, and um, uh, that just got me interested. I mean, I, I'm, I'm very interested in uh, city planning, uh, so to speak, uh, urban design in general. I, I, look, I looked up uh, Strong Towns and Chuck Marone, and uh, I, I read the articles on the growth Ponzi scheme. Um, and mm-hmm. it, it really blew me away. Actually, my dad had always said growing up, like, there's no way we're paying for these roads. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're not going to be, you know, he kind of has this insight that very few people have. But um, I finally was able to actually show that 
um, very discreetly, you know, like how much we're paying for our roads and how much um, it actually costs. And uh, basically the, the, what I did for this map is it's a heat map, which means that every property uh, is colored by the um, percentage that uh, of its actual cost. So um, if it's, uh, you know, like in the case of my parents' property in Ames, <laughs> Uh, mm -hmm. they're paying, you know, maybe like 30% of the cost of the street. Um, and you can actually roll over the, the property and see, and see that. Okay. And how did you get the data to put this all together? Uh, I, I work with, um, people at the city of Ames to get data. Um, Ben McConville, he's the, um, GIS coordinator at the city of Ames, which basically means that he, he deals with mapping. Um, so I, I always just call him up and ask him for some data and he just sends it to me within a few minutes. But the other half of the data um, I got from a civil engineer, um, I just basically kind of walked up to the public works desk in the city of Ames. Um, the city of Ames is great because you can kind of, it's small enough that you can kind of approach people directly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I just basically asked him, you know, this is what I'm looking for, just kind of an average cost of what 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 roads cost and how, how long it takes for them to be requiring resurfacing. And he just gave me some average numbers. And I mean, a lot of people will jump up and down and scream and shout, like, that's not, um, you know, the cost of uh, roads varies a lot, you know, but it really doesn't vary that much. I mean, I, I really like to think of, like 80-20 rules, you know, if 80% mm -hmm. of the streets cost um, a certain amount of money, 20% of them don't deviate that much from, right. you know, the So that's, and, you know, I, I went around online a little bit, and it, it looked like his numbers were pretty pretty accurate, you know, so. Mm -hmm. So the city was willing to give this information to you, just like, it's just like publicly available? Or did you tell them what you're going to do with it? Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to approach city government. Um, recently, I asked for a budget of um, how much parking costs in, in Ames, uh, just a public parking budget, and they refused to give it to me. It was really strange. Um, hmm. the, the city accountant was basically like, you don't know how... Uh, uh, software works you know we can't just give you numbers and i just oh. <laughs> I, it was very hard for me to believe but um i actually get data from all over the world i, I get data for map story i get data from um, i did a nationwide assessment of uh, parcel data which basically means that um i, I tried to get parcel data from every a city in every state you know and mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. what i found is is that whenever you get want to get data from a city you have to think about the right person to ask and ask that person. Because if you ask anybody yeah. higher up, they're just going to spin their wheels. They're going to spend literally hours sometimes giving you nothing um, and then complain mm -hmm. that you're wasting their time. <laughs> and uh, th this information, I mean, the, the civil engineer gave me, I'm guessing it took him under half an hour to just throw some numbers together and send them to me. Again, within 20% of what they are, you know, that's right, all that right. I care about. So, 
Do you have plans to, like, have you shared this map with anyone in your area or with the government, or are you still fine-tuning it? I sent it to that civil engineer. Um, that's it. Um, I, I did post it on my own Facebook page. <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. I, I was wanting to just prepare a little bit more before putting it out. But, you know, now that this uh, podcast is happening, I, I guess, you know, um, I'm going to – I have a mapping blog, so I'm going to probably put up uh, some information about how I made this map and everything. So Cool. I'm sure people would be curious. Yeah, what – do you have a platform that you use, I'm assuming, to create this? Yeah, I, um, I just used a regular mapping software. You know, if you need a free software, there's a Quantum. It's called QGIS. And um, for, you know, if you wanted to pay – Good money. There's ArcMap, which is kind of like the Microsoft Word or Office of mapping mm-hmm. software. <laughs> so. Okay, good to know. So uh, I'll just describe this really quick for people listening. So basically, this is a map of the city of Ames, and you've color-coded it so that the red dots and things on the red side of the color spectrum are properties that are covering very little of their street costs. And then when we get to like green and blue, those are properties that are covering either a hundred percent or even more than the cost of the street. And unsurprisingly, right. this map is like almost completely red. Right. Do you think that that would shock people? Do you think Definitely. most people realize that? Yeah. I, I was actually pretty shocked myself. I, I, I thought that this was a problem, but I, I would have thought it was more of a problem out in the burbs, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but it's even, it's a problem everywhere, even in Ames. Ames is, uh, kind of lucky, actually. We're a small town, about 60,000 people. It has a campus. It's one of the few cities in America that has a huge university and it's an isolated town. So, you know, it has like the highest per capita college degrees in the world, almost like top five. You know? Wow. Okay. So, um... Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, I put this out and a lot of people might be like, oh, well, those like small town, dumb Iowans don't know what they're doing. But uh, I can assure you, like, this is a very, everybody in Ames is, I mean, the bus drivers are all getting their like PhDs and stuff. So like, um, <sighs> like everybody, everybody's pretty well educated and nobody really knows this is happening. I thought it was happening further out into the burbs, but you know, what I was going to say about Ames is that it's a small town and we have, um, I found in doing map story work that a- after a city gets a certain size, it's downtown gets gutted. It's, it's older areas gets, get, uh, destroyed, you know, like Des Moines only an hour away from us. Very few of its buildings downtown are, in, are intact. Whereas in Ames, we have a huge main street. And 100% of the businesses, literally 100% of the businesses are, are, are local. Wow, and, that's good. And, this, and uh, pretty similar, maybe 50% in, in our campus town. Yeah. And are those buildings, like some of the original buildings yeah. in the downtown? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, almost all of them. Are, yeah, which is pretty yeah I was kind of trying to look, trying to figure out on this map, because I've never been to Ames, like which part of it is the downtown um, right. Cause you know, most of it is pretty red, but do, do you see in the map that the downtown is more financially, uh, solvent with property right. taxes? 
Is that yeah. the case in this one or not? So actually, um, I actually did a 3D map as well that shows um, each property based on the uh, taxes per square foot. Basically, what that showed was that astronomically, the older parts of town, the downtown campus town, and there's actually a new urbanist community in Ames. Those three okay. communities are providing far more per value per square foot than any other part of Ames, like by mm. orders of magnitude. So the only parts that came out green, you know, were the downtown and campus town. And Ames is actually kind of two cities. There's downtown and there's campus town. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, they, they started separate and they kind of grew into each other. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, um, I'm looking here at like the main street and I'm noticing, like you said, a lot more of this is green and solvent, but also the plots are a lot smaller. Um, yes. Yep. For those small downtown businesses, I'm assuming. Yeah. They're all attached buildings just like, you know, in the good old days, <laughs> they, yeah. they actually shared walls. Um, and I, I live, I live on main street there as well. And um, it's just amazing. Um, how, how many people are they, they they're surprised that I live downtown um, there are so few apartments on the second floors because um, that's just the policy that uh, my city and every other city has engaged in just basically mm-hmm. making letting their downtowns and everything where people really want to live I mean thousands of people in Ames want to live downtown but there's just nowhere to live um, yeah there's minimum the- parking requirements. There's all sorts of issues that basically prevent people from even be, being uh, financially able to repair their buildings and bring them up to par. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah, that I was definitely going to ask about the parking requirements. What are those like, if you're familiar? What are they like in it? Ames? Yeah, that's, that's something that I'm, I'm going to be uh, trying to work towards reforming um, help towards that. Um, it's nuts. Um, in, in a town where 35,000 people are students, um, they require every property to have one parking spot per bed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is really absurd. It's, 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 it's bizarre. And, um, you know, I, I'm trying to help turn our campus town into a, um, into a pedestrian area. It's basically filled with parking. And yeah. they constantly, wow. every every business, half the businesses don't think that there's a problem with parking. The other half think that there's a huge problem, and it's a constant issue in in uh, in Ames. And um, do they think there's a problem with not having enough parking? Yeah, but you know, it's it's just a management problem. You know, I, I've been I've been following the work of uh, Dr. Donald Chu in at UCLA, and mm-hmm. he basically just shows how if you actually go around downtown in campus town in Ames, there is a, a glut of parking. This is an incredible story. Okay. In, mm-hmm. in campus town in Ames, a few years ago, they built, they built what was called an intermodal facility. It is mm-hmm. kind of, um, it's a parking garage and it was for our um, local buses, Cyride. It would be kind of like a center point. And, you know, the shuttles that go to the airport, they all go through there. Mm-hmm. It's, this, it's this big parking garage. And to this day, that parking garage, it doesn't have signs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have signs that say public parking. Okay. And 
this is a multi-million dollar facility that was paid for, lo and behold, by the federal government. So the mm-hmm. city just kind of kind of tends to think that it's free. The, the, this free liability that's enormous. And I asked the city of Ames, whose liability is this when repairs need to be done? And they literally don't even know. They don't <laughs> even know whose liability it is. They haven't wow. worked out between I, Iowa State and the city of Ames who is going to pay for it. Oh, my gosh. It, when was this built? A few years ago, um, maybe 2011. Yeah, 2012. Okay. I'm not sure. But... So they um, haven't had to deal with it yet, but they will. It's part of the stimulus, sure. stimulus money. You know, it's 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 a huge misallocation of resources by. Oh my gosh, stimulus money for a parking garage? Wow, that's depressing. Well, you know, in theory, it it could have been good. I mean, we. It's good to have parking garages rather than flat parking space that that um, could take cars off the streets and out of the parking mm-hmm. lots and then we could grass those parking lots. That would be much better. That's true. But I mean, in theory it could have been good, but it's just, it's bizarre. It's just empty. It sat empty for, for years and years. And the city of Ames even approved signs to be put up and they, the city still hasn't put signs. They still haven't put <laughs> signs that say public parking and wayfinding signs the whole thing is really difficult to use. Nobody even knows that it's available to be used. I mean, you can it's go bizarre. on like the busiest day, like an Iowa Iowa State game, and people are circling around looking for parking, but that parking garage is empty because nobody knows that they can even park. So yeah, this is kind of like the, what our what the city of Ames is and every city in America practically is doing with, with our with our finances. So. Yeah. So we talked about the downtown here. What um, do you have like a, an edge district with big box stores um, and that that type of thing? Like, what does that look like on the map? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, it turned out that those areas were super positive in many ways, um, which okay. I, I was a little bit surprised about. However, there is a um, industrial park which is like a third of the square footage of Ames. Um, okay. It's, and that's just, um, it's, it, that's kind of a mix, but it's mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I guess when you're thinking about a large plot of land, it has far less streets, you know, occupying that area versus a really tightly built area. So that, that might play in also, I don't know. I'm sorry, play into what? That might play into the fact that their um, their ratio of taxes to, you know, street maintenance costs is uh, higher because, like, they don't have to, you know, pay for so many streets to be maintained. Does that make sense? Right, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing, you know. They just have, like, one huge street around their massive parking lot and store. Yeah, so I'm doing another project, um, where I'm basically um, trying to gather all the money that is being is being given by Campus Town in Ames mm-hmm. to the city and all that they're getting, meaning all that they're generating in revenue and taxes and sales, uh, property taxes and sales taxes, and the amount of money they're getting to repair the infrastructure 
you know, just maintain the infrastructure in campus town and police the area and do all these different things. So far, what I've found, I'm guessing that this is not an official number yet, but um, campus town is probably providing at least five times the amount that they're getting from the city of Ames. And what's funny mm. is, is that the city of Ames, like I said, is two separate areas. The, the city government exists in the downtown and the campus town is kind of like this peripheral part of town, which provides by far the most revenue to Ames in terms of the bang for buck, you know? And uh, it's just, it just shows where our priorities are in, in cities. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the, the areas that are really providing the most are being not only neglected, they're basically being treated like colonies. You mm -hmm. know, they're just being, their wealth is being extracted and, and spread out across town to all the places that people really don't care about. Yeah. Our strip malls do you, and whatever, you know. Yeah. Do you have a fair amount of like suburban type developments in your city? Yeah. You know, people would laugh when I say that I grew up in a suburb um, because Ames is the size of a typical suburb in a major metropolitan area. <laughs> but, <Right>. um, <laughs> but I mean, the area that I grew up in, it was a subdivision, I should say. That's kind of a suburban type subdivision. It's a middle, upper middle class, upper class, you know, all McMansions type. Cul-de-sacs. Cul-de-sacs, exactly. Okay. And right next to it, in return for being able to build that, I, that's what I, from what I understand, they, they built a new urbanist community. And they really, they, 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 they really screwed it up quite a bit, actually. The book Suburban Nation um, mentions this development <laughs> uh, that they did and what went wrong with it. It's actually, but it's still around. Oh yeah, no, it's 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 uh, it's actually thriving in my opinion. It's like a it's like a third Main Street area. It has very high very high uh, property values, um, and it's full of full of businesses, our best restaurants, some of our best restaurants are there, you know, mm -hmm. and it's full of just a mix of housing. It feels more like a place, like a neighborhood. Yeah. But, but they still screwed up a lot of things. You know, they made this, uh, road that goes through the middle of it. They, they, it was like two lanes and then they turned it into four lanes uh -huh. and it's full of accidents and, um, it, it just guts the whole concept in many ways, it's very successful, yeah. So you mentioned those mapping tools, um, but I know that you yourself have a background in mapping. How feasible do you think it would be for somebody, a layperson, to create a, this type of map for their city if they were able to access the data? Oh, boy. Like, you know, I'm, I am going to document. A lot of coding work and stuff? I am going to document how I did this, but... Um, I could maybe make a short video about how I did it, just an overview, but it did take a lot of manual labor. Um, okay. There are some cities that might have data that could be readily used. Like um, basically to create this map, I had to find what was the, the frontage of each property. So meaning mm -hmm. what is the length of street in front of each house? And in order oh, yeah. to do that... <laughs> 
it took a lot of technical work. Um, yeah, I can see how that would take a long But uh, some cities might just literally have that kind of data on hand, like what is the street frontage, what is the length. They might actually have that in the data. You never know. Okay, cool. What other kinds of maps have you created? I'm just curious. Um, I, I mainly make uh, animated maps, so they show change over time. Um, okay. So I did one of Ames growing from the time it was founded. Like that's kind of the pilot project of what's called Map Story Local. Map Story mm-hmm. Local is the idea is is that you can type in a year and you can see the way the world was then, and then you can animate it back and forth. Cool. So what kind of things do you look at in that? Like, is that an, a photograph? Is that like a, the streets and the rivers and stuff like that? What is that showing? Oh, um, uh, the buildings, roads, railroads, parcels, okay. meaning properties. Usually I just start with the date that the building existing buildings were built. And then that gives you a close approximation because America's pretty young. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, most cities you can just pretty much animate 80% of it right away. But, um, uh, yeah, to go back further in time, you have to kind of take old maps and you have to spread them over and you have to draw over them in this digital surface. Basically it'll all be crowdsourced kind of like Wikipedia. Um, everybody will be editing this global history. The All the basic components will be done this year. Um, I think it'll be a, a pretty big deal, uh, the website. <laughs> so, but, um, you know, awesome. if, if all goes well. Uh, and other than cities, you know, I also do like biodiversity, genealogy. I just came back from a genealogy conference. Uh, and pretty much everything, you know, I... I, I'm kind of just drive developing content just when map story gets going. So, mm-hmm. excellent. Well, I'll have to keep track of that and keep checking in to see how that's progressing. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else that you want to add about this? Uh, I'm sure this will be written about when people go to the website. But um, basically, in, the way that I made this map is um, I started with what was in front of people's properties, but the thing is, is that there are a lot of shared costs, for example, intersections that don't, mm-hmm. that don't, aren't in front of anybody's property or streets um, that are a part of larger um, communities that connect property. Anyway, what I did was I, I have two things in the map. I have just, just what's in front of people's houses uh, mm-hmm. and properties, and I also added shared costs. And that's, that's what really took a lot of time. I basically, yeah, I can imagine. I, I took the costs of the first. I did the the circles, and then I did the intersections, and then I did citywide shared costs. So, does that last one does that account for like highways and other kind of public roads? No, no. I um I only focused on our local finances, uh, meaning mm-hmm. that okay. you know, and this is this is something I should also mention. It's interesting. A lot of people I talk to, even in the city of Ames, they just think that our streets are paid for by the gas tax or something. Oh um, my gosh. That's not true. Uh, 98% of our roads are local and mm-hmm. they are all paid for by property taxes. 
More specifically, they're paid for by bonds, which are paid back by property taxes. So I, I excluded anything that wasn't um, local. That wasn't local. Yeah. Okay. Which yeah, which was only like two percent of the roads anyway, you know. So, but. Yeah. Right. And you, so you can view on this map um, just the like roads directly around the house, and also you can view it with the shared costs. So yes. Cool. Yeah. In the upper right, there's these buttons. Front lane only, and or you can add the shared costs. Awesome. And what are there's some land that's not that's like listed white on here. Was that just like the data was you weren't able to find it, or are those like parks? Those that's all government property. Um, the big uh, white area in the middle that's the Iowa State University. Um, okay. So yeah, there's a lot of government property names and. Um, yeah, I'll say. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that is interesting. You're just used to that living in Ames, but yeah, half of Ames is is more than half of Ames is Iowa State. Cool. Well, um thank you so much for for sharing this map, for creating this and for talking to me today. I'll put this on the website and links to your stuff. Um Yeah, thank you so much for for participating and I'm excited to see what other work you create um, with your projects. Right. Yeah. It, it was a privilege. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.